morning and welcome and happy Friday. Yeah, it's the best day of the week. We've made it through another one. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group, one of the longest running shows in the world today. All supported by you, our great listeners and loyal customers. Our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. Wealth insurance is what we like to call it. The only thing that's been money for thousands and thousands of years. We're talking about gold and silver. It is what we do. We do it better than anybody out there. And as we continue to to expand our horizons here at the Patriot Trading Group, you know, we opened that new office in Colorado. We 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 started a second show up there. Uh, we we've got a great team that we've been assembling. Uh, the earlier this week, I had to unfortunately, you know, it happened. Uh, had to attend a, a friend of mine's. Uh, his mother had passed uh, a funeral. And uh, Jason and Brian, who run our second hour up in Colorado, filled in for me. Uh, we're, we, we've got Jason with us today. Matter of fact, Jason's going to be uh, on here quite regularly here from here on out. Right now, we, we're, we're, we're thinking most Fridays he'll be joining us, and, and we're going to be doing uh, a bunch of other things. And we've got some other people that are going to be joining us as well, uh, but... You talk about hitting it out of the park. Uh, they were talking about um, maybe one of the biggest, you know, when you talk about government conspiracies that we've ever witnessed and how uh, the Federal Reserve came about and, of course, was the sinking of the Titanic part of it all. Uh, got incredible amounts of feedback from all of you out there. If you go out to allamericangold.com this morning, the very first article uh, will give you a lot of the background. So if you, uh, if this was, it was Wednesday that I missed. So if you didn't hear Wednesday's show and you're like, what is Joe talking about? Go out to All American Gold. Uh, the very first article uh, is what Jason and Brian were talking about. And we're fortunate enough to have Jason with us this morning. Jason, how you doing, brother? I'm doing fantastic. I'm glad to be on the air again today. Well, we're happy to have. I tell you what, you got people fired up. I mean, they they were calling, they were calling here. I know they were calling you up there in in Colorado, uh, and, and uh, really a lot of people, at least for me, because I remember when when we first started talking about that, and 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 I didn't know about it. So the first thing I said to you was, "Show me." Right, and, and exactly. of course, you sent yeah. me the link that's actually up on the on the website there this morning. But you're one of those guys. I mean, you, you know, you're a big Andrew Jackson guy. Uh, then, of course, obviously, uh, the I, I would say the false pretenses where we've gotten this central bank, and now, of course, uh, having to deal with the unintended consequences of their actions. Uh, but but I, I was fascinated. How did you come about it? I mean, what led yeah, so, you down so, that path? You offered the uh, the partnership on uh, Groundhog's Day on a Friday, and uh, it was about a, I don't know, a month or two before that. I came across this story, and I, I'm a, I'm a, I just you know despise the Federal Reserve and central banking and and how it, it can destroy a country. 
And when this story came about, I, I had the same reaction as probably the average. It's like kind of hard to swallow, but I just, you read the first page of this thing, you start seeing the facts all lined up. And it was, it just, it draws you in and it's hard to dispute. One good thing about a conspiracy story is something you might not be able to prove. If the facts that are behind the conspiracy are just as indisputable, you, you can't disprove the facts behind the conspiracy, it, it makes it hard to disbelieve it. And that's what this article does. And when uh, Brian and I decided to bring it on the air, there's a lot of information there. There's a lot to go over. So I, we did the best we could to uh, go through a lot of the details. I got lost a couple of times in the middle of it. But uh, when I came across this thing, it was before you, you put the thing out on the air that you wanted some partners. And uh, I showed it so to you well, around where, where here in Colorado. You had, you, you had stumbled upon it on your own or somebody said, hey, you should see this or... I, I uh, when I'm at night when uh, I'm, I'm trying to finishing with my pr uh, process serving and I put my son to bed and uh, my wife and I have a few hours before bedtime I I uh, I have my little penny uh, hobby where I pull copper pennies out of circulation and sometimes I get on the computer and I, and I search around for things and I, I yeah I I look for good information and good stories I just found it and I read it and I and I uh, I told, asked Brooke because at the time I was really bad at computers I'm getting better I said look I need to save this story. When I met you, I had—I think I had it in my possession for about, for about a month, and I showed it to you, and, and I knew it was something I wanted to cover from the first day I got on the radio in uh, March, uh, but I, I wanted to save it for the right moment, and the reason I brought it on Wednesday for the Arizona guys is I can do numbers, and I have an understanding of the numbers like Joe does, but Joe is a master at it, and I felt if I came on the air trying to, to match Joe with numbers, I'm just going to fall short of one of Joe's shows, I thought... I'm going to put something different on the air. I'm going to show people some some crazy information that could quite possibly feed into what the Federal Reserve has been doing all these years, which is taking advantage of our government and our people. Well, you know what's so funny is you actually go back a lot farther than uh, the creation of this Federal Reserve, and, and, and you kind of have done a history, and I know you've done it in Colorado, uh, but, but the history of attempted and successful assassinations of our of our leadership of our presidents and and almost universally tying them back into guys that weren't necessarily friendly with central bankers Patriot Radio Absolutely. News Hour we, we, we'll be back we'll be back with Jason right after the break 800-951-0592, that is our toll-free number. Uh, fortunate enough today to have uh, Jason Walker joining us. Uh, he runs the second show in Colorado, uh, also runs our office up there in Colorado. And, and he's really, he's an interesting guy. And one of the things that, uh, in addition to this little tidbit, and, and again, talking about uh, the sinking of the Titanic, who was on the boat, who wasn't on the boat, who was supposed to be on the boat, all of these different things. But uh, you know what's funny is, so I, in all fairness, because I'm putting Jason on the spot here, he calls me at like 8.30. So 8.30 Arizona time, my phone rings, and, it, and it's Jason, and he's like, hey, anything we need to go over, uh, where, you know, what are, you, what are we going to cover on the show today, anything I need to know about? And I'm like, eh, 
I don't like doing it that way. I go, you know what, we'll just see what happens. I I, I, I don't know what's going to come out of my mouth, and we'll just go where the show takes us. Uh, so now I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot. So I know this for a fact because you, you actually told it to me about how long the bankers have been trying to get control. And just so you know, uh, and, and this is fact, okay, Central bankers destroy a country. They destroy your wealth, period. That's what they do. Now, I know they say they don't, but that's what they do. And you can look at America today as a prime example. Right? We had some good years, right? It lasted maybe one generation. That was it. And now we're on the other side where we're in this, right now, what I'll call a gradual decline, right? Our standard of living's going down. Everybody's talking about, hey, you know what? My kids aren't going to live better than me. My grandkids aren't going to have it better than I did. This is what they do. But can you walk us through, Jason, uh, and again, I apologize for putting you on the spot. If you If you can't, just tell me you can't, but... How long that they've been trying to knock off uh, presidents and senators and all these other things to try to get their way? It's been going on since the very beginning of our country's creation, the very first day. This uh, Basically, the only difference between the colonies and the British uh, banks and the United States and the British banks, the only difference is is that we were a country versus being colonies. The reason we uh, the revolution happened was because uh, we had no money to spend. The British Empire, just like America today, was in huge debt, and they were on the decline, and they weren't going to let the colonies keep any resources or money outside of their system. So that's, they, they were, we were being punished so, so mightily. I mean, so we had such human rights violations and property rights violations and here, here is this, this group of individuals that, that are making this new country and doing all that hard work, and then you have you know Big Brother on, on the other side of the ocean taking all of the fruit of your labor. So we became we became the United States, and I, I like to compare actually Vietnam to uh, to the beginning of the United States when when the revolution happened and we win that war. Uh, to me, if the British Empire wanted to win that war. They had the they had the largest, most powerful army of the world. They could have they could have used all the resources at their disposal to completely occupy this country. But Britain did not really. They, they were first of all economically they were having problems, and second of all how you know we, we know in America how expensive it is to occupy other countries. So when the Revolutionary War was over in 1791, just barely after the Constitution was written, we signed on to a central bank. The British Empire, and especially the Bank of England, knew they don't need to take our resources that they simply can just tax it out of us or, or uh, through interest and debt payments, just pull our resources out of us. So by having a central bank, the Bank of England could control our bank through interest rates, and then we would suddenly be paying them all the money we would have been paying them whether we were colonies or not. And, so so, uh, what, you're, oh, so what, you're, what you're saying is... is that first central bank, right? England was like, yes, this is okay, great, this is a perfect solution to the problem. 
exactly. because we'll be yeah. able to manipulate these guys, right? They don't know how to, uh, you know, we, we've had a central bank for a lot longer than them, and, and we'll be able to take advantage of them. Precisely. And and from that first that first central bank, 1791, it was a 20-year charter to 1811. Our country, from the very beginning to that, to that 1811, we were we were in an economic depressive state. We could never get moved forward. It was plus it's the beginning of a country, so there's a lot of problems starting a brand new country with a brand new idea. On top of that, you have a central bank telling you how to spend your money and when to spend your money. By by 1811, Congress was going to put it to a vote, and the and the the public was so against a bank, a private bank, a central bank. That they were able to pers- uh, persuade Congress to vote out the first bank, and by one vote, by one vote, they they got rid of the bank. The Bank of England and the British, they threatened before that vote, if you do not recharter this bank, there will be war. And then, and right right away, the War of eighteen twelve happens the moment our central bank is is taken out. And, <clears throat> And, uh, and so I, I don't like mean to. I don't want to cut you off. So, so essentially, uh, the English, in response to us ending the charter, of course, you know, you think about these wars, right? You always got to follow the money, right? That's that's really what they're all about. So the 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 war, I guess, again, you know, I always talk about how the Boston Tea Party, right? They the history books that they teach you in school, they. They don't give you all the facts, right? They don't actually tell you the whole story. They only they want to they want to. I always say they want to rewrite history. Uh, in the War of eighteen twelve, no idea. No one ever ever said that to me ever that this was a, a an issue over a central bank. Yeah, absolutely. And here, here this is it. This is really good. So you get to the War of eighteen twelve. This is great. You get to the War of eighteen twelve. And so the British uh, know that if they, they, they cause us to spend all of our money, you know, get into huge debt uh, after a, a, an elongated war, which went to 1815, that we would, we would need help financially. And here's the funny thing about, about that war. Uh, we won the war again, once again. I, I'll compare it to Vietnam here in, in a minute. Uh, we win the war against the mightiest empire in the world. But here's, the, here's what the British wanted. They wanted us in debt. And then... At the end, like in, in England, they were they were they were signing the peace treaty before the Battle of New Orleans in 1815. Andrew Jackson. The war was already over, but the British had one important goal. They wanted to take over New Orleans, and then all all uh, all business going west of the Mississippi River would have to have gone through a British city, which means they would have controlled all economics. To the Western United States, and just like they planned in 1816, we signed the new charter for the Second Bank of the United States because we were in dire debt from the war that we fought against the British. But what they didn't count on was Andrew Jackson. Andrew Jackson took a ragtag group of soldiers through swamplands from Florida all the way to New Orleans, and he got. Indians and free black men and pirates and just every kind of modge podge group with with his regulars and they uh, they they pulled off 
probably the biggest. It's, it's considered the largest defeat of a British army in the history of their of their country because they they took an, an army that was less than half the size of the British army, and these these British armies that the British army that they sent to New Orleans was a huge sixty ship fleet, and it was an, it was the army that defeated Napoleon uh, at, at the Battle of Waterloo. So these guys, these, these British soldiers were the best. They were the best trained, and they, they had the most experience. And Andrew Jackson put, put together a group that. Uh, the battle was so decisive that less than a hundred uh, of our guys died in the battle, and I, I forget that. I think the number of soldiers died on the British side was thousands and thousands. So you're telling me that right before we're going to sign this agreement, the English had it all planned out, right? Well, one, they're going to be in debt. Two, we're going to control New Orleans, which means we'll control all the all the shipping and the freight out to to the west. And then, of course, Andrew Jackson defeats them. Then they they do form, like you said, the second charter. But then the guy that defeats them in New Orleans, he becomes president. How many years later? Eighteen twenty-eight. Just twelve years later. So 12 years later, he becomes president. And, the, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, the bank charter is going to come up again, correct? It's another 20-year charter from 1816 to 1836. So right before, so is it before Jackson leaves office, he eliminates the charter, correct? Yeah, so the, uh, in 1832, when Andrew Jackson was getting ready for re-election, and he was massively popular, he won his elections by landslide, they decided to get the Congress and the Senate to vote for early recharter. Instead of waiting for 1836, they knew that, that Andrew Jackson was close to abolishing the bank during his term, so they wanted to recharter, thinking well, we can get outside of uh, Andrew Jackson's presidency, but instead... Andrew Jackson, on an election year, takes the risk that we don't see from our politicians nowadays. He doesn't care about winning the presidency versus the country. He vetoes that recharter vote, and the Congress and the Senate cannot get the overriding votes. So in essence, he, he almost single-handedly destroyed the, uh, the, the uh, central bank from a recharter. So essentially, the, the banksters had enough of Congress, right, in their pocket that they were able to, I guess what, by a simple majority, pass a, a rechartering of the bank, but they didn't have enough of them to override the veto. Correct. Because uh, on top of everything, Andrew Jackson was uh, one of the first members of the, the new Democratic Party. And, uh, like, one of the things, this is a good little bit of history, one of the things about the Democratic Party is the, is the jackass. That's because of Andrew Jackson. They, with, with all the mudslinging going on during the election process, they likened him to the jackass and make him seem like a real dumb, stubborn person. And Andrew Jackson took that and ran with it. He said, that's, that's a good likeness. That's who I am. I'm very stubborn. I'm going to get what I want. I'm going to get done what needs to be done. So that's why we oh, have so the uh, it the was doctor. originally meant to be an insult. It was originally meant to be an insult. And Andrew Jackson said, I'll take that insult and I'll turn it into a positive. It's exactly what he did. So so that we don't get the charter, 
and then we don't have a central bank in this country for from what the 1830s all the way to 1913 correct that's exactly right so let's talk about the attempts on the president from that point okay in 18th and january 30th of 1835 this is when uh, Andrew Jackson's been reelected. Uh, he has just taken all of the deposits out of the uh, Second Bank of the United States and put them in private banks, you know, state banks, and let them deposit the money. Here's something else about uh, Andrew Jackson before he went into all the assassinations. Not only was the economy rolling so good after getting rid of the bank, that he actually uh, took, he paid off the national debt, which we talked about, which is the only president to do so. But on top of that, there was a surplus. And he took this surplus of money beyond paying the debt and distributed it equally among the existing states. So each state ended up with windfalls of money coming in because of how how successful the economy was, was running. But uh, in 1835, the bank was defeated. Uh, we talked about it the last time I was on that the, the second bank decided to become a private bank, and they only, they only lasted five years. We're up on the break. We'll get back to that when we return. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily commentary continuing the conservative pro-family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Unlike those who understand constitutional executive authority, many liberal Republicans in Congress are pandering to the media by pushing legislation to put the authority of special counsel Robert Mueller above the president of the United States. The irony is that while Never Trumpers insist that the president is not above the law, they've been trying to make Robert Mueller above the law instead. Retiring Pennsylvania Representative Charlie Dent, a strident Never Trumper who announced that he'll quit his seat even before his term expires, is the sponsor of silly legislation in the House of Representatives to protect Mueller's authority and investigations. With a straight face, Dent declared that, quote, independent investigations must be given the resources needed to carry out their investigations, end quote. Well, Mueller has already burned through untold tens of millions of dollars, achieving the destruction of the lives of Trump supporters and forcing them to waste many millions of their own dollars on lawyers. All told, Mueller may have already caused the waste of $100 million with no end in sight. Dent continued by pompously declaring that Mueller must have, quote, the authority and public confidence to see his investigation through to the conclusion, end quote. But Dent provides no guide on when that conclusion will be, and it has become obvious that Mueller will continue until he's fired or shut down. Congress extended Mueller's blank check for his expenses into 2019. All indications are that Mueller is widening the scope of his grand inquisition rather than trying to wrap it up promptly. If Donald Trump does not take steps now to end this anti-Trump project, then it will become an issue in the presidential campaign in 2020 that will begin as soon as the midterm elections end. Already a significant chunk of Trump's campaign dollars are being diverted to legal fees. This silliness is wasting time and taxpayer dollars. Liberal Republicans like Lindsey Graham and Charlie Dent are hurting the GOP and the country by siding with far-left Senate Democrats, Chris Coons, Cory Booker, and others in promoting the pro-Muller legislation. After all, no Democrat would support such a bill if the shoe were on the other foot. 
This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. What's the best way to rekindle the spirit of Phyllis Schlafly and the grassroots movement she energized? In this digital age, patriots and pro-family Americans can find insight and inspiration on our website, phyllisschlafly.com. Then, share your own heart and mind on social media. So join us at phyllisschlafly.com and every weekday for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Pedro Radio News Hour, 800-951-0592. On with with Jason here. Jason, just so, uh, because we've got less than a half hour here, I want to get to, I want to get to, uh, the Titanic. Okay, so okay. as quickly as you can, take us. You know, we 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 understood the the first central bank and how England tried to manipulate us, and and then the War of eighteen twelve and manipulating us again, and then the Battle of New Orleans. Jackson becomes president. He ends the charter, uh, and, and he he's distributing the money back to the state. Correct. Yes, and then uh, you made a uh, uh, a reference about the the presidents after that time that uh, it became a battle for power over the government, and uh, so a lot of these uh, so called coincidences would happen about presidents. So Andrew Jackson, after doing the damage he did to the Second Bank, uh, Richard Lawrence showed up with two pistols and tried shooting him. Both pistols misfired. That was January 30 of 1835. Both pistols, by the way, were investigated, and they were both in perfect working order, so it's almost like an act of God saved Andrew Jackson. Zachary Taylor, on uh, July 9, 1850, uh, one statement he made is, the idea of the National Bank is dead, it will not be revived in my time. So President Taylor died on July 9, 1850, after eating a bowl full of cherries and milk. Uh, uh, He died of acute arsenic poisoning. James Buchanan, after a bank panic in 1857, uh, he attempted to set limits on banks, loaning more money than they that they held. He wanted them to issue banknotes backed backed by government assets. He was poisoned, but barely survived. Thirty-eight people at that dinner died at the same poisoning that he had endured. Uh, Abraham Lincoln, everyone knows, he was assassinated right after re-election. He was doing what probably would be the best thing for the entire world. He was printing banknotes backed by government assets. From Congress, they, we were we were doing government printed bills. It was it was the idea that was going to free the entire world, and the banks went. They, they were not going to have that, and, and the greenbacks were so good. They, they were they made us so prosperous that he was able to win the Civil War just simply based off of that. And then uh, I'll go I won't go over every single one, but James Garfield in 1881, all he could talk about when he was being elected is that he was a general of, of our army too. He was going to do what Andrew Jackson and Abraham Lincoln did, and he was going to make sure the banks were not involved with, with government at all. And uh, within within the first year of him uh, being elected, July 2nd, 1881, he was shot to death. So uh, the banks are constantly wanting to control government and uh, doing that by getting a central bank in power. So that's... that's so you're sitting there, you're connecting it. That's, that's, that's dots. got to be something to it. Right, you're connecting these dots and saying, you know, it's so funny, as I'm digging into all of these uh, successful assassinations, not successful assassinations, you start realizing, hey, the ones that are being targeted 
are all the ones that seemingly don't want to have a connection with a central bank. Absolutely, and and I mean, and and really quick, Rutherford B. Hayes, uh, president, eighteen seventy-eight. He was not targeted for assassination. He uh, he took the government and borrowed money from the Rothschilds of England to help uh, put our country in debt. Uh, Woodrow Wilson, nobody tried killing him. He's the guy that signed uh, the Federal Reserve into power. You know, Franklin Roosevelt. He's the one that took his took gold out of our money. He took the gold coinage out of circulation. Nobody tried to assassinate him. So, I mean, it's, uh, th- there was one attempt. There was actually a guy that was killed standing next to FDR. In uh, February 15, 1933, there was a gunman that shot, and uh, the, the Chicago mayor was standing next to him, and Anton Cermak, uh, uh, he did die. The idea behind that assassination attempt is Al Capone had, had suffered his uh, going to prison, and it was, it was considered a retaliation against against the uh, mayor of Chicago, and they weren't even targeting FDR. So it seems like there is no non, uh, no anti-banker president. Uh, every anti-banker president are the ones that are being targeted. Pro-bankers are never assassinated, never. So this leads you, as you're digging through the Internet one day, and you stumble upon uh, the... The, the Titanic, and of course we know in 19, uh, what was it, 1910, Jekyll Island happened, right, where exactly. we had all the private bankers, the, 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 the Rothschilds, J.P. Morgan, the Warburgs, all of these, the, the, the rich families uh, meet in Jekyll Island, Georgia, and, and have a secret meeting to plot to get the central bank back. Correct. And then, and then in 1912, the, the, the richest men in, in America that would have opposed a new central bank were all sunk on a tank and died. In 1913, can you, can you give me the Federal Reserve... Can you give me some yeah, names? Oh, oh, the names of the guys. Yeah, Absolutely. Uh, the three men that were killed that were the richest men in America. The, the richest was John Jacob Astor. Uh, he, uh, he was the richest man in America at the time. Uh, Benjamin Guggenheim was also one of the men that died on that ship, and Isidore Strauss. The three men, uh, it's estimated, owned about $500 million in assets at the time of, that they died. That equals about $11 billion in today's money, which means the three of those men were, were basically two of Donald Trump. So it's like killing three Donald Trumps, basically, to get them out of the way of their uh, plans for a central bank. And were these guys on record at at being against a central bank? Do do you know? Yes, they were were vocally against central banking. These people, these guys, these men, uh, loved their country. They probably understood the history of Jackson, the history of Abraham Lincoln. They made their fortunes just fine with the money system we were on. And had no need to uh, to try to be like the Rockefellers and have to own everything from everyone and everywhere. They 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 knew that they could make they can they could do pretty good with their five hundred million dollars. I think they, they they were okay with not having to control everybody. Now, who was supposed to be on the boat that wasn't? Uh, the uh, the founder of the Hershey's Food Empire, 
and uh, J.P. Morgan, one of the original uh, Federal Reserve guys, J.P. Morgan was, and it was actually a J.P. Morgan built ship. He owned the ship. So he's the That's one that his company built the Titanic? Or they built the Titanic the one and, the, and, the, and the Olympic. And the Olympic. And it's your yep. assertion that those two ships were switched? Yeah, so the Olympic was uh, the Olympic was built first, uh, and it was out in the, in the ocean before the Titanic. It was it was already uh, having uh, cruises uh, across the Atlantic, but it was damaged. It was it hit uh, I don't know the name of the ship in front of me, but it actually uh, had a collision with another ship, which damaged it. And uh, when it when the Titanic was getting closer to being finished, it went in and docked at the same place. It was the last time the two ships were seen together. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. Talking with uh, Jason Walker, who runs our our second program up in Colorado, and kind of you know it's fascinating when you really dig in and you start connecting the dots, and you see really a very clear path of the bankers and the powers of the bankers and, and the the extremes that they were willing to go to to get to what they wanted. And and, and you know what's so funny is, is, is I'm, and I'm thinking about all of this stuff, and I'm, I'm like, you know, if I was uh, in that time and I was thinking about I may want to be president, well, I'd sure be thinking twice. You, you got to believe these guys kind of knew, don't you think, Jason? Like, hey, wait a minute. Uh, I, I think some of them... He, he didn't want to bank, and he a, ended up getting killed. Maybe I better just go along with these guys. I think may, I think some of them may not have known. I think some of them thought that they had enough protection. I think, I think it wasn't as clear back then. I, I think they knew that there was a power struggle. But, I mean, Andrew Jackson lived. You know, and these other guys, they, they 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 always put the cloak of you know, like when Zachary Taylor, they didn't even put him down as an assassination. They just he just died. You know, he was poisoned. They didn't really they didn't put it down as that he was killed. So so it was just like they do nowadays with information. They they give you a false story, and so it kind of lulls you to sleep. So I I don't know about the guys in the 1800s. I think John F. Kennedy knew. I absolutely think that when John F. Kennedy took the actions he was taking. He knew that he was in trouble. I think he knew the actions he was taking. I, he basically, in a small way, was a martyr uh, trying to fix our country and put us back on a silver money system, and I, I think he knew that was going to happen to him. I mean, I, I guess one fact for the audience to remember, uh, and it's, it's, almost, it's almost considered a dirty word now, but it, we're an, I, we were an isolationist country. We were supposed to take care of our house, and that's what made us the most powerful country in the world was we took care of our business and we let the world take care of their business. Well, look how the, the government Reserve was get funded, right? Well, the federal government yeah, wasn't yeah, funded well, through that, taxation of, of us. It was funded through tariffs. Yeah, well, every foreign war we have fought was after the Federal Reserve. Every We have not fought a single foreign war before the Federal Reserve. We stayed here. All wars and all of our actions were in this country. As soon as the Federal Reserve in 1913 was in place, World War One started in 1914, and we cast ourselves into a foreign war, which we had no business getting involved in. Well, you think about that stuff today, right? And and, and uh, it, it harkens me back to like Ron Paul, which is like, listen, let's bring all of our people home, and if it's not doesn't concern us, let's just stay out of it. Exactly. 
I, I think I think Ron Paul did much better in the Republican primaries in 2012 than what was actually reported and listed as. I, I didn't pay attention. Well, we to the know what happened in Iowa, right? They torpedoed that to to make sure that he didn't get the momentum and the credit, and then the, oh, well, oh, I guess he did win well after the fact. Right. I mean, how long would Ron Paul last as president if he won the election? How long would he last before they took a, a shot at him? <laughs> I don't think he would have lasted long. <laughs> you're probably right. I don't mean to laugh, but you're you know, based on the the little history lesson you just gave us all, I would imagine he was uh he was on the list. Absolutely. That's what all the lists on the, on the daily shows when we we talk about the surveillance of our country. Uh, I came up, and I'll cover this article next week. But there's the surveillance state is making lists of people and, and uh, patriot trading. I am sure. Uh, now that I'm in the public, I, I was kind of before I got in on board here, I was pretty, you know, isolated. But now that I'm on the radio, uh, and uh, I'm sure patriot trading is on one of those lists of people that are enemies of this of this system. And uh, Ron Paul was probably at the top of that list. And you know, and I just hate the word, right? I'm the enemy. Right, because I I I want us to have sound money, right? I want us to put America first. That makes me the enemy. And and really, when you think about it, that's exactly what it means. And then you know, because we didn't get taught this in history about what Jason was talking about with the Bank of England, and and of course, obviously, you know, I always bring up the Boston Tea Party, and, and you do know that was really about fiat money, script money, and England, exactly. and, and England essentially saying, hey, dude, forget about gold and silver, use this script money, this paper money, and then once they got everybody's gold and silver, then England said, hey, you know what, forget this script money, let's go back to the gold and the silver, which none of the colonists had. Well, and not to mention that colonial script was out of Philadelphia. That was something that Benjamin Franklin was a huge proponent of. It was working. We had no money. They wouldn't allow us to have coinage in this country when we were a colony. The script was working. But here's the problem and why you got to stick with gold and silver, and this is why script wasn't foolproof. As soon as script was working and the Philadelphians were using that, that was outside of the Bank of England. So what did the Bank of England and, uh, do to destroy it? They shipped over bales and bales and bales of fake colonial script, and they blew it up and killed it. And that's when the Boston Tea Party happened, shortly after that. So when you really think about it, and then you think about the War of 1812, totally different spin, right? The Battle of New Orleans and why that was so important. And then you start thinking about, I mean, I guess it could be coincidence. I guess if you believe in that, really all of these people that were vocal opponents of the central bank either got assassinated, got poisoned, or almost got assassinated. Patriot Radio News Hour, final segment on a Friday. Final segment here on a Friday. I want to go here real, real quick because Ben Bernanke was out today, and and kind of to Jason's point and to my point. You know what? They try to rewrite history all the time, and he's out today saying, "Hey, in 2020, we're all doomed, and it's all Donald Trump's fault. It's the what he calls the wily coyote tax cuts of Donald Trump." 
that are going to lead us to devastation that the that you know the central bank they fixed it right Ben Bernanke said listen we were already at full employment we didn't need this is just reckless and it's going to lead us off the cliff and it's going to be all Donald Trump's fault and here's the real truth the real truth is Ben Bernanke well it's not just him Alan Greenspan Right, go you go Paul Volcker, and you go on and on and on and on, all the way to if you want to believe again Ben Bernanke, let's blame Arthur Burns for dying, and that's the reason why uh, the, the depression happened, or, or was it strong? Not Burns, my bad, but wrong, wrong Federal Reserve president. The but he was out on TV today. I didn't, I didn't get it. Uh, we didn't have time to do it, but I'll try to save it for Monday. Uh, coming out and saying. We're going to go off the cliff in 2020. I, I, I don't argue with them. We're definitely going off the cliff. But here's the one thing why Jason and I both believe we're on the winning side. And the answer really is simple. Jason, what's happened to every fiat or script money since the beginning of time? It's all fallen apart and died. It's all gone to zero. Gone. All of it just goes away. Zero. Has gold ever gone to zero? Gold will never go to zero. Has silver <laughs> ever gone to zero? Silver will never go to zero. These are these are uh, commodities, and commodities always have a tradable value, which is, I mean, in gold and silver's case, it's a monetary value, it's a money. 800-951-0592. Uh, today, uh, the, by the way, gold and silver are pretty much unchanged. Uh, gold unchanged, $1,298. Uh, silver is down three cents at sixteen dollars and seventy eight cents. Uh, we got the federal uh, the Federal Reserve meeting Tuesday and Wednesday. Today's special U.S. ten dollar liberties. These are the half ounce, the ten dollar liberty gold pieces. Uh, there are going to be six hundred and eighty five dollars a piece. Six hundred eighty five dollars a piece. Silver. It's just not. A whole lot out there. The best buy, the best buy price per ounce uh, in in the country going right now uh, are going to still be on those silver dimes. I've, I've got the price uh, at seventy, but I'll tell you what, because I'm so excited to have Jason on and what we talked about today. One last day, all rolls of silver dimes for today. I'll still do them at the. $65 price. So if you're looking at a price per ounce here, you're talking about like a dollar forty over, uh, which is the best deal anywhere in the country. 800 951 uh, US $10 Liberty Gold pieces. And then, of course, the roll of 50 silver dimes. Uh, those are at sixty-five dollars. Eight hundred nine five one zero five and nine two. Jason, so great to have you. Hey, you're going to be back next Friday, yes? I'll be back back next Friday. We'll have some more good stuff to talk about. All right, take care, everyone. Have a great rest of your weekend. Before you get out of town, make sure you give us a call. Take care. We'll be back on Monday.